Hey friends, I'm so glad you're here and I'm so glad you're tuning into this episode because I think the topic we're going to talk about today is just going to explain how we're all feeling in this pandemic at this point. And I'm, I just think your mind's going to be blown and you're going to say, holy crap, that's exactly how I feel. And I could not imagine this conversation happening with anybody better than Marlene Ike. Marlene Ike is an Ohio girl. She grew up as a farm kid. She went to Ohio State, became a creative agency owner, a public speaker, a career coach, a podcaster, and she's been a huge mentor of mine for many years now. And I think she's been a huge mentor to a lot of other women talking about leadership, talking about creating successful habits, you know, how do you perform at the best of your capabilities? And I just love Marlene. She's been a huge hero of mine for a long time. And I'm so glad she accepted the invitation to be on the show. So go grab a beer. Join us for this episode of Life Over a Beer. So I am here with Marlene Ike, and I'm just so thankful to have her on the show. Um, Marlene, I, if you don't mind, I'm going to start with what I'm drinking. So I am drinking a Taft's Frisch's Pumpkin Ale because it's October, and you oh. must have all things pumpkin. Yes. Um, they are a Cincinnati company. Um, I've had a couple of their things. I really like their Gavel Banger. It's like a IPA. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just always think their labels are really like fancy and pretty. But I've never had the Frisch's pumpkin ale. What a great, what a great uh, sound effect! Now I, now I feel, now I feel <laughs> total fail, total fail on my part because, well, we can see each other right now over video chat. I know everyone can't see us, but right now I'm holding up my Ice Mountain 100% natural spring water that I'm drinking because <laughs> I failed to grab a beer for our conversation. <laughs> So this will be a sober episode for Marlene. Oh my gosh. And honestly, I don't keep a lot of beer at home because I'm not an avid um, beer drinker. And I always see, I I love that you mentioned that you love like the, um, how those, the cans look and like, you know, what's on the, how they're not decorated design, you know, everything, the label. Thank you. Gosh. Um, because I always see things with like really cool labels and I'm like, Oh, that looks cool. That looks cool. And then I'm like, but what I like drinking that? I have no idea. So at home, at home, if I have a drink, I tend to like have a glass of wine. Um, and there's a couple local wineries I enjoy or, um, just have like a standard, you know, Coors Light, um, at home in the summertime after if you've been outside, you know, all day, but my cocktail of choice, my mixed drink of choice this season of life, um, has been a Moscow mule. So typically like if I'm out to eat, that's what I order with dinner. That's more information than you needed to know. And sadly, Ashley is a joint appear on her own and I'm over here drinking a water. <laughs> well, and that's okay. Um, that pumpkin beer, it, it's pretty good. It's not the pumpkinous, pumpkinous. I don't yeah. know if that's the word, very pumpkiny beer, um, that I've tasted, but it's still good. It's got all the spices and things. I think the last beer I had was a fat tire. Um, oh, I and I do, 
Yeah. I also, so I like that beer and it also reminds me of Fort Collins, Colorado, where a good friend of mine lives. And so I also kind of like that. Um, every time I have one of those, it reminds me of being like at that brewing company in Fort Collins where they, is that where your friend that ran the marathon with you is from? Yes. Yep. She, she's from Ohio. She's from your neck of the woods. Um, that's where she grew up, but she's lived in Fort Collins for more than 10 years now. Awesome. Awesome. So Marlene actually has a podcast as well. She's had Mm -hmm. some podcasting experience and you are a big uh, mentor to me and getting my podcast started. So I'm so glad that you're here. Um, Marlene. Podcasts are so fun. They are fun. It's a lot of work, ton of work. (laughs) Everybody that follows my Facebook knows that I had a lot of technical difficulties last week, Um, but I'm glad to get back on the ball now. But Marlene, I know you and I've talked a lot about just how this pandemic is going. Mm-hmm. It's, it's still going on. We're still in the pandemic, yep. um, even though we're facing Halloween and just, just the feelings around this pandemic, yeah. um, you know, in March, maybe a lot of us were really excited if you got to work from home for the first time to try that new atmosphere of working from home. But now now people have been at home for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And of yeah, course you it work is. from home normally. Well, I do. Uh, I, yeah, yes. Yes and no. I work from home in that um, my office is located on the property where I live. I am very fortunate to have a separate little building that I can go to. So I do actually get to, you know, like walk outside the doors of my house, walk across the yard and then go into the office building. So in some ways it's working from home and in some ways it's, it's, nice to be outside the four walls of my house. Um, so you're right when the pandemic started, you know, my, my daily work routines from what it was like when I was at home working and when I, you know, when I was not like out with a client or out with a group or meeting with someone somewhere else, when I was working at home for the day, um, that, that daily work routine pretty much looked the same. Um, we've had some folks who also worked with us around the office, you know, and they started not coming to the office. And so some of the things shifted around, but, um, but yeah, my, my day looked kind of the same and, um, but then things changed, you know, really quickly because of course everything was canceled. Mm-hmm. I mean, as you well know, your, your day job includes a lot of events, um, and all of those kinds of events were canceled and I haven't been to a live event with people since March. So it has been, um, it has been every day of working from home now. And of course, I've been getting to do some virtual things with some clients um, and also got to spend, um, I got to spend um, a few weeks at a livestock show, you know, doing some things. So I haven't been, you know, I have not been, I, I've been away from my house, you know, let's say that, you know, I haven't been home, just only at home last, last six months, but um, yeah, but it's been really different. So, you know, one of the things I've been talking about with people recently is this notion of, of, of surge capacity. And it's been such a great phrase that, that I learned and has been really beneficial in articulating what I think a lot of us are feeling like. So, um, there was an article and I got to pull this up so I can credit the author. Um, an article was posted online on August 17th. Um, Tara Hale is the writer and you could just Google this Tara Hale surge capacity. I'm sure that article would come up. Um, and the title is your surge capacity is depleted. It's why you feel awful. (laughs) And, um, 
I read through that. Oh, I don't know. It was probably sometime in late August. I found that article or someone had shared it with me. And this notion that, you know, when, when, when any kind of crisis, whether it's a personal crisis or a natural disaster or, or a tragedy in a community, you know, when something big like that happens, it disrupts your life. You, you have some sort of surge capacity with which to deal with it. Like you have these sort of physical, mental, emotional reserves from which you can pull in order to get through that thing, right? So when there's a community tragedy and people pull from wherever, we don't even know where people pull the, you know, those resources from and they make things happen. And when there's a natural disaster, you can kind of rally together and get through that thing. And when there's a personal crisis, you find ways to still survive through that and, and, and make it through that. But at some point, at some point when that goes on for so long, you no longer have that surge capacity to deal with that thing. And so this, this article is just really outlines what that looks like and how that feels. And this notion that our surge capacity, you know, by midsummer was depleted. And that's why we all feel so, so bad now. And so it could be why, you know, by late summer you were going, oh my God, I don't feel like doing anything. I don't get this. Like in March and April, I felt like I could, I had a list of things I was doing from home. Like I was, I was doing through this and now I can't deal with it. And why is that? Well, it's because early on you had, you maybe had like this, these reserves to draw from, but as that, as this is all drawn out, Mm, that isn't available you know, yeah. anymore. And now, but we're still faced with the same responsibilities and same demands and, and the same uncertainties, but we no longer have the reserves with which to deal with that. And so it feels so, so difficult, especially when we still don't know what the end game is or what the end point is, or when things go back to quote unquote normal, we, we don't know how much longer we have to do some of these things. Um, and I think that's why it's, I think that is why it especially feels taxing for me, especially, especially for the way my brain works. I'm a, I'm a planner and the way my work works as well. Like in terms of planning things out long-term, not knowing how much longer some of these, we need to do things some of these ways has been, has been really tough. So anyway, I don't, not to get way too serious there, but you know, it, it's, it's tough. And I do think it's, I think it's good for us all to hear that it's tough for other people not because we want to get down in the trenches together, have a pity party, but I think it's good when we do, when we are experiencing tough things to know that we're not alone in that, or that we're not somehow, you know, weird or different for not being able to handle something the way we would like to. And I think there's power in knowing that experience is normal and okay. So if you need to hear from someone today that, hey, this is still tough and this is still difficult to figure out, let me be the person who's, who, is, who has a voice in your ear right now that says, yeah, if you're feeling like it's still tough, I'm still feeling like it's tough too. Um, and I like, that, I like that notion of surge capacity. So everyone should go Google that and, and check out that article. And maybe that will help give voice and some words to, to some, of, some of what we're all still feeling. Yeah. And I, I had never heard that term before you and I started mm -hmm. talking and I yeah. love that. I, I think it's a little bit like the idiot of like when you figure out some words that explain why you are yes. the way you are, yeah. you feel so much better. And it, yeah. it is the, I'm not alone. Someone else does this too. Right. It's having, it's having the words to 
to articulate some of those emotions. And so I, I love when I find a book or an article or something where some, some, someone out there who is a much better thinker and writer than I am has found a way to, to both, you know, just totally encapsulate this idea and put it into words that I never could and communicate that to me. And then I can read that and go, oh my gosh, yes, that's what I've been feeling. And you found a way to put this into words for me. So I just love good writing and good writers. And I'm a little jealous of people who are such good writers. I am too. I am too. And I, I totally agree with you. I'm a planner as yeah. well. And mm-hmm. I found it really hard on things that usually I would knock out. Like it's on my to-do list. I'd cross that yep. off in 20 minutes. Yeah, Things are taking a lot longer. I just don't have the patience. Um, right. I-, I think, I think we don't realize how much of our regular lives. Well, you know, we all recognize like, Hey, daily routines are helpful. And, but we maybe don't always give credit to how much of our bigger life and our work life, um, our habits and routines and rhythms about how we do our work. So, um, you know, in your day job, you do a lot of event planning. And so after you go through that a year or two or teachers, you know, a lot of my friends are ag teachers. Once you're in that program for a few years, you have a, um, you have a system and you have a rhythm for how you do things. And so when you have, um, repeated events or programs and, and, and ways that you just get ready for certain things. And then all of that is changed, right? There's nothing that your brain is doing on autopilot. It's not really autopilot. It's just, you have to now think about every little thing. Whereas before it was like, okay, I make this reservation. I plan this. I ask the client about this. I do this piece. And like, I know the process by which I get ready for something. And now all that's different. And, and I think we, I think some of us have, myself included, have probably not done the job, a a very, a good enough job giving ourselves the space to figure out all those things again. Right. Right. I mean, I can only imagine that all my teacher friends, this feels like your first year of teaching all over again, because your first year teaching, you're figuring everything out. And even if you've been teaching for years and years, it feels like your first year again, because that's the amount of time and mental energy every little step is taking. And yeah, no wonder we're all tired. Yeah. We're all exhausted. <laughs> I feel that way a lot. And yeah. I, I communicate that with people a lot. I'm like, I promise you, I'm totally a competent human being, but walk me through how we have to do this new, you know, this new protocol or this new thing again, because I, my brain is very much on, if I have an event in August, I need to do X and X by this date. I need to have this done two months ahead. Well, now we don't even, and that's how I felt all summer. At the beginning of summer, I'm like, okay, so these events from here to June are probably canceled, but everything else we got to start working on. Well, and then that was canceled. canceled. (laughs) Yeah. And then now we're talking some of the stuff that I do all the way up to March is canceled. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. you want to stay and, productive, and but at the same time, I'm just like, man, I don't know. It's well, and it's that feeling of uncertainty. So it goes back to that, that component of it in that, yes, everything has changed, but we're still faced with this uncertainty of, of not knowing how much longer we have to do things certain ways of not knowing what next spring looks like of not knowing how much more could change. And it's just, it's a lot of uncertainty for a lo- for a, a pretty long period of time for us all in terms, 
terms of how we work and um and it, and again so you know we're resilient people we can handle that but we need to understand like what our capacity is for handling that and how much space we might need to give ourselves and the energy required to do those kind of things means that we're not going to get as much quote unquote done as we feel like we should or as we norm as we quote unquote normally you know would have this time of the year um or it might mean that because you are investing so much more energy into certain parts of your life, the other parts of your life where you are used to having leftover energy for doing these other things, you don't have as much energy for those other pieces. Right. I mean, I, I would, I would, I'm going to guess that I'm not the only person that has watched way more Netflix in the last six months than I normally do. Just because I was like, I can't even, I can't think about, I, uh, uh, like I just, ugh, my brain is mush, yeah. you know? And so some of the things I would have normally done in the summertime, I just didn't feel like doing them, you know? So I've watched way more television, read way less books, spent way less time outside. I mean, all the things that would be better for my mental health, right? I, I, I need to take my own advice here and like get outside more and read more and have less screen time. And I'm slowly getting back into some of those better habits, but um, there, I think there was just a good chunk early on. It was like, uh, I don't know how to deal with this. I'm just going to watch another episode of the West Wing. Yes. Well, and I think sometimes <laughs> it comes back to a comfort thing. So for me, when I feel just depleted, of, you yeah. know, kind of the surge capacity, block, yep. when I feel depleted, I really struggle to continue to want to do my goals. You know, I'm a big oh. goal setter and I know you are right. real. Yeah. It's sort of, it, it kind of, it comes back to, well, none of this matters anyway. So who, who, who cares for trying? Like that's, that's the story that goes on in my brain. There's a part of my brain that tries to tell me that, well, none of this is going to matter anyway, because that thing's going to be canceled yes. or none of this is going to matter anyway, because nobody's going to have any money to spend all that. Well, none of this is going to matter anyway, because what, what, I mean, whatever those things are, right. That, that, some part of my brain just keeps telling me that. And it's really hard not to listen to that. Um, when everything feels very uncertain and we, and we don't, we don't know, but, um, at some point you just, I need to start gradually moving. And I think, I think I have been now for a few months, but you know, it's, it's this gradual movement towards, um, essentially building new habits because everything is different. And so I'm basically building new habits and all the ways that I work. And that just, I need to acknowledge that takes some time and it takes a lot of energy. And so giving myself grace to kind of slowly build up those new habits, um, is, yeah, is important. And, and, but I need to keep still pushing ahead on that and not using the excuses maybe as much as I was. <laughs> no, I love what you said about being early on grace. So I know you're a Rachel Hollis fan and I am too. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to do the 90 days challenge and I even changed it a little bit just to make it yeah. kind of work a little more with my lifestyle and some of the goals I wanted, but I've had a hard time and I've done it, you know, yeah. every year, but man, this year was like extra hard. And it's not that the things on my list are very hard. It's things like writing in my gratitude journal and yeah. eating one healthy meal a day and, you know, drinking enough water, things, those yeah. kind of things those yeah. by themselves are not hard, but in the, in the space, mental space, I think everyone is. And also 
I'm finding that relationships are a lot harder, not necessarily because, you know, I'm not, I don't like that person or I don't agree with them. They're just mentally draining. So I constantly have to ask myself like, okay, am I upset with this person because it's truly something to be upset about? Or am I just upset because I'm, I'm mad for my own energy of not getting enough. Right. No, I, I think, you know, I, I was actually just having this conversation um, yesterday with someone um, because I had a just sort of weird experience with someone at the grocery store. Actually, I think they were having a bad day and I was in the wrong place at the wrong time. You know what I mean? Just, and so I was chatting about that because um, we are in this place where every, everyone's having a hard time. Right. And so, and so things are harder there and and there's a lot of things kind of brewing. This this was, so we, here's our beer analogy then, right? So at least I didn't bring a beer, but I'm going to talk about brewing. So um, in the conversation I was having last night, it was that, you know, all this stuff is sort of brewing up right now in with a lot of people, right? Everyone is, has a lot of anxiety and stress because of the pandemic. Everyone has strong opinions about where to, how, to wear a mask or not wear a mask. And, and some of us, feel very strongly about the way we should communicate that with other people in public when we see people. Um, there's civil unrest and there's been civil unrest in our country for, for a while now, right? During all of this. Now let's add in a presidential election year and the very strong feelings that surround um, the candidates this year and this election. And, and just when you mix all that, and that's a, any one of those things on its own mm-hmm. is pretty stressful. But if we are adding those things in together and people aren't having the same connection as they have been with people, um, when we see people in public, we're supposed to be wearing a mask and staying six feet away and we can't shake hands. We can't do all that. Like w- the situation is brewing for just a lot of weird um, interactions with folks. And so a lot of relationships are difficult and because the normal ways that we communicate and connect with people are just really different right now. And um, I really hope that at some point in the near future, when some of, some of this is behind us, so to speak, as in the election is over, the pandemic is, I don't know, what can I say? Winding down? I don't, I don't know. I don't don't even know what we say about the pandemic is over. I don't know. But you know, like when those kind of things are kind of, those kind of things are behind us. And, um, you know, some of the other things that we're dealing with in our country, we're, are, we're, they're not really getting resolved. I don't know what the right word is there either, but will we be able to have greater compassion in the way that we interact with people on a daily basis? Gosh, I sure hope so. Um, because, um, a lot of the things I feel like I've been seeing, observing and experiencing like yesterday in the grocery store, um, just in the last month, even it's just, there's a lot, there's a lot happening for a lot of people. And I think a lot of us collectively aren't responding to that very, very well, um, because of all the things we're all dealing with. So, mm, wow, this has gotten real serious. I just really hope that like during this time we're, we not to be too grandiose, but like as a society that we are not developing habits that long-term make us more disconnected from the people in our lives. Um, that's my fear. And I, I am realizing that I just personally need for myself need to really pay attention to, to what habits am I 
unintentionally developing about the way I interact with people in terms of accepting or declining an invitation to, to something or the way that you greet someone or how often you, I mean, just everything, just everything. And I, I, I just need to pay attention to that for myself. And my guess is that a lot of us do, but um, I want to make sure I don't come out the other side of this with behaviors and habits that um, keep me disconnected from people who are not as compassionate as a, of a human yeah. being. Well, so. and I think about what Bernie Brown says yeah. about empathy instead of sympathy, mm-hmm. because we all kind of, mm-hmm are in the same boat but I think everybody needs to remember that your boat might not look like someone else's boat but everybody has COVID and going on that's right yeah yeah it looks a little yeah right it's the same but different and so we're all in this but the way I'm in this is probably different from the way you're in this and the way your neighbor is in this and so it looks a little different from everybody um but but it's hard, but it's hard for everyone in some way or another. It's been hard. Um, I think we're all learning a lot about how to, how to deal with that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So to go back to your book comment from earlier, I would love to know, cause I know Uh you're an avid reader and I am too. What are you reading these days? So just, just this afternoon, I moved a stack of books that are to be read, um, from like my dining table (laughs) to a desk in the house. Um, and in that stack, these are some books that I'm really excited to start reading. Well, hold on. Let me first tell you what I am reading right now. Uh, I actually started a novel um, last week called American Dirt. I know it's been on a lot of bestseller lists. I hadn't read it yet. Um, I only read like the first couple chapters. I'm so excited to read the rest. It's it's a great story. Um, I feel like I haven't read enough of it to be able to like really even give a description of it other than to say it's very good. And a lot of other people have apparently thought so because it's on the bestseller list. So check it out. But, um, I have several nonfiction books in a stack that I want to read at some point. Um, one is everything is figure outable Marie Forleo. One is becoming the person you mean to be which is about, um, biases, like implicit biases that we have. Um, one is called, I can't even, and it's about millennials as the burnout generation, which is really fascinating to me. That one I just got from Amazon recently and it went in the stack. Um, and I feel like there's a couple more in the stack, but those are the titles that jump out to me as ones that, um, that I wanted to check out. Oh, another one. Sorry. The last one in the stack is, um, called you should probably talk to somebody. I might get, I might be getting that title just a little bit wrong, but it's, you should probably talk to someone. I think is what the book is called. It is a book written by a counselor with her counselor, I think. So it's about counseling and the journey of going through, um, counseling. And, um, that one had been recommended to me, um, as well. And I hadn't read it. So that's also, so those are several that I would like to read hopefully soon. I haven't been reading as much this year because again, I just like, I didn't feel like it. And that's one of those things that I know in order to kind of build up those healthy habits again, I just, I just gotta, I just have to make time to do a little bit of it and replace some screen time with some book time. And you know, all of those things will feel a little I know better. for me personally, like I feel a lot better when I read before bed instead of scrolling on my phone forever and ever. But I have caught myself a couple times 
going weeks at a time, never picking up that book off my nightstand yeah. and just scrolling. Absolutely. Which is exactly what I need. I need to do. But the thing is I, so this is like, you know, more information that anyone needs to know. I can't read nonfiction before bed because my, because typically the, the books, the nonfiction books I choose to read are ones I really want to read and I want to like take notes on and like, like really learn something from because of the way it connects with some work that I'm doing. And my brain isn't in like that mode, like for work. So, or before bed. So like what I need to read before bed is a novel. Like I need to read a story, you know, before bed. And I, I just don't do a good enough job at like picking up novels to read, which is I don't either. silly. I, but, I'm really bad at so anyway, picking up novels. I tell, I found yeah. that when I pick up books that are nonfiction, but they're like, picture and words I know it sounds silly just like talk about being adult reading picture book but for example I've been reading like the home edit life I just finished that one and it's a lot of pictures and organization but then has chapters right now I finished that one and I'm right now I'm reading welcome home and it's all about getting your house ready for every season and what I love about that book I think has been so helpful especially during the pandemic is it, she calls it like a cozy minimalist guide to your home. Mm-hmm. Which I'm not a big oh, minimalist. Oh, this is the, um, the nester. Who's the author of um, that? The nester. Um, Mark um, my Quillen, my Quillen. Um, yes, I know who you mean. And I've heard her on. Yeah. She's been on a couple podcasts lately. Yes. And her sister is also an influencer. Morgan uh, P. Freeman. She does the Next Right Thing podcast. Emily. Emily Emily P. Freeman. Yes. Okay. That's right. That's right. They're sisters. I thought maybe it was her and then I couldn't remember. Um, I love both of them. Sorry. You said the name of that book and I didn't register until you said A Cozy Minimalist. I was like, oh, no, no, no. I know who that is. Um, Yeah. They are both very cool. Uh, Yeah. Another good book to read is Emily Freeman's book, The Next Right Thing. So she has a podcast and a book. Both titled the, the next right thing. Yeah, I don't know. I honestly don't know which came first. Um, but I I I did really enjoy that book. So now yeah. that you've got all of Marley and I's uh book, really <laughs> book recommendations. I think it's yes. important right now to if you're into if you like reading and you find it very helpful, find something to read right now. And if you're just like too tired to read, folks go get like Audible or Hoopla or something like that. Yeah, Audible books. Sure. Uh, Hoopla is a free yeah. one. If you go through your library, Audible, you pay for, but don't be afraid to like do that while you're doing dishes or something. Um, Cause I mm-hmm. do feel that when I'm gaining knowledge, I feel a lot better about life and it helps me keep myself goal oriented oh, and things like that. Absolutely. Yeah. It's the input. Yeah. It's the input output thing, right? Like what you put in is, is what you feel like we're, we're a collection of, of what we take in. Uh, it's why, gosh, sometimes if I just need to feel uplift, uplifted, I put on like the worship music radio station on Apple music because that music is just so much more uplifting. And of course, um, you know, it, it also mirrors my faith. Um, and, what you put in is totally what affects your mood and your outlook. Um, which is why, yeah, when I wasn't feeling great about things, I'm not sure why I thought just, uh, sitting in front of the couch watching Netflix was going to be helpful, but it's what I felt like doing. Right. So again, it's about how do I start building up those healthy habits again in perhaps a new way and in ways that look different. 
Um, but just be willing to kind of put in the work to build some, some more healthy habits right yeah. now. And I think that's so important, but don't feel folks that you have to have this laundry list. Like I wouldn't say like you have to drink all the water and read all the things and do all the fitness and fix all your finances and all that kind of stuff all at the same time. Like if that just is way too much for you because you've got kids at home doing virtual learning and your spouse is working from home and maybe you're working from home. Don't feel like you have to do all those things at once. But I love what Marley and I are saying about just pick a few healthy habits just to keep yourself yeah. grounded. Yeah. Do one thing. Don't, I mean, do all the things if you want, if that's your style, go for it. Um, but in this environment for, a, for a lot of us, that might not be the best approach, you know? So just, just do one thing, just go for a 10 minute walk or just read for 10 minutes. Just do one little, one little thing. Whereas Emily Peeman, Emily P. Freeman would say, right. The next right thing. Just do one. Yeah. Do your thing. next right thing for yeah. sure. So Marlene, yeah. as we wrap up the podcast, um, I love mm-hmm. to ask guests, what would they tell their 25 yeah. year old self? Yeah. It's such a pivotal time, okay. I think. It is. So I have a, a more, uh, maybe philosophical, bigger life thing, and also like a super tangible thing. So one, uh, I would tell my 25 year old self to just start doing the things and like put it, put yourself out there. So if you really think that you want to, um, in, in fact, I've often given this advice to ag communication students because the work that BJ and I collectively have done, uh, I have found myself talking with ag, ag communication student groups a lot in the last 10 years. And I would often tell them, hey, if you think you're interested in um, photography, like just start taking photos, like just start taking photos and I don't care, post them on Instagram or or, or whatever. Like if you think you're interested in podcasting, just start a podcast. If you think you're interested in writing, just start a blog, like just start doing the thing, like whatever it is and whatever bite-sized pieces that you can and just putting yourself out there because uh, what my 25-year-old self needed to hear when I was 25 is that there is no perfect time like to start this thing or that thing. There's no perfect amount of resources or like you just, you just have to start doing it and putting yourself um, out there. Now that doesn't mean being risky with something, but I think there's little bite chunk, bite sized chunk ways that we can just start doing the things that we want. Um, and those things gain momentum and get bigger. And before we know it, if things are working well, if it's, if, if those things come at a really good intersection of things we're good at and that we really like and have some kind of value in the marketplace in terms of making us money at some point, we'll find, we'll find that, oh my gosh, I've created this entire side hustle over here. Or, oh my gosh, I've created this entire full-time job over here. So you just got to start doing the little things all at once. So that's kind of the bigger picture. But also if I could go back and tell my 25 years old self, if I could tell my 15 year old self to go read Dave Ramsey's books or do Financial Peace University and get really good, get just really clear about, about financial literacy and what I should be doing with my money, I would, I would totally um, go back in time and do that. So that's what I um, tell young people or young professionals now, like know how money works, um, know your money, know what your own financial go- goals are. And so that you can make your decisions um, accordingly. Cause I just feel like I learned a lot of things the hard way throughout all of my twenties through college and grad school and, 
and my first job or starting a business and being a business owner. And um, I would definitely have made some decisions differently, but I just had to learn some stuff the hard way and then figure it out from there. So um, I don't think we talk about that enough in school or in society. Um, And I'm not saying you should start talking about your salary, like with your friends over dinner tomorrow night, but I just, I don't think that we do enough in terms of education and um, financial literacy for folks when they're starting out in the world. And that's something that would have benefited me. And I think could probably benefit a lot of people. And I, I tend to, um, I just happen to really like Dave Ramsey's approach. There's other people, but Dave Ramsey is a really good one to start. Absolutely. With. It's funny you mentioned that yeah. I'm actually on like a, that's like been kind of my big goal for the year. I'm pretty good with money, but yeah. I am like, ready to start doing other things. Like I'm going to pay off mm-hmm. my student loans at the end of this month. And yeah, like, what am I doing? Um, yes. So yeah, yeah. So Dave Ramsey totally recommend his daughter, Rachel Cruz. Also. Oh, she's, she's really cool. cool. Yeah. Like if you want to know yeah. how to not overspend for the holidays, folks look up her. because She's doing <laughs> a lot of great videos right now about yeah. how to not overspend cool stuff, how to think about this pandemic long-term. And also in the Dave Ramsey family is uh, Christy Wright. So she's part, she's part of that kind of Ramsey family of speakers and um, for any women or men, but um, the brand is really geared towards women who are starting a small business. Christy Wright's business boutique and all of the advice that she has surrounding that is really, um, can be really helpful for anyone who's thinking about business things and you don't know what a balance sheet means or business things and you don't know, you don't know how to think about cost of goods, or you don't even know what those words mean, go check out Christy Wright and business boutique and, and start learning about some absolutely. of that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, Marlene, if people want to connect with you, uh, you have a lot of great social media and things like that. How would you like people to connect with you? Yeah. So on Facebook, I'm Marlene Ike and, um, i probably hang out on Instagram more than Facebook and on Instagram, I'm at Marlene Ike, but wherever people are at, I'm always happy to connect with people. Um, and I so look forward to being able to see people in person when we can start, um, going to things together for those of you, uh, who you and I, you know, might be at a similar event. I would, I, uh, I really hope we can start seeing each other in person at some things soon, but until then Instagram will be the place to hang out. I think. Absolutely. And like I said in the intro, folks, uh, if you ever need great career coaching, Marlene is your girl. (laughs) She has such great uh, just leadership insight and really understanding what people need to really achieve their next goals in their career. So I'm just so thankful to have you on the show. And I really appreciated uh, just having you. And I I always enjoy seeing you. Awesome. Well, thank you. Yeah. And if if folks want to know more about any of those other kind of uh, uh, things that I offer as well, uh, feel free to check out marleneike.com and everything's always available there and working on some new digital things that will be available um, since we all need more digital resources during this time. So that stuff's all over there. Thank you so much, Ashley. This has been really fun. So folks, if you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. So that way more people learn about the show. And as always, uh, find us on Instagram and Facebook to learn more about the guest every single week. So we will see you next time. But between now and then, I hope that you enjoy life over a beer.